This is a podcast from Minute Media. What's going on, Rams fans? Welcome back to Rams Showcase. Tonight, the Rams let the 49ers stick around. Plus, history gets an update. And later, it's playoff football. We preview cards at Rams. Next on Rams Showcase. Welcome to Rams Showcase on Sports 4 Radio. What's going on, Rams fans? And welcome back into Rams Showcase right here on Sports Wall Radio and the Fan Sided Network. I'm your host, Joe Brandon, but you can and should call me Sheriff Joe Banks. I'm laying down the law for you guys tonight. Bunch of cool stuff to get into. Of course, we got playoff football and we will discuss. I do apologize, though, guys, if I do uh, avoid the microphone a couple of times here by my coughing. I do have COVID, so... We're powering through. I do appreciate you guys' patience with me through this. Uh, I know last week I was not able to get the clips out, but I do apologize about that. And uh, you guys have been great. Everybody's been super supportive and awesome and stuff like that. If you guys are hearing me on the fan-sided network, make sure you guys head over to the Ram Showcase YouTube channel. Give a subscribe there. You can watch me talk about the LA Rams instead of just hearing my beautiful voice. We also break the show into different clips on YouTube, where if you guys just want the game preview, you got that. If you just want the look back, we got that. We go into the rest of the West as a solo show or as a, as a solo clip. So any of that stuff there, guys, that's where you guys are going to want to head to. Or if you guys are watching me on YouTube, you guys do have access to me on ramblingfan.com, which is a fan-sided website. You guys can hear me on any of the pages that are there. And I do appreciate the heck out of everybody who is listening to me. Um, so I, I do have to just thank you guys. So we did have a giveaway last week. All I needed from you guys was a go Rams. And that was simple enough. I got quite a few submissions for this one. So it took me a, a bit of time to copy down all the names and get them into this beautiful uh, yellow hat that I have over here to my left. We'll draw a name in just a second here. But, you know, we got a bunch of cool stuff going on right now for the L.A. Rams. Uh, we know that uh, that we are officially in the playoffs. We will see the first ever playoff game at SoFi Stadium played on Monday night when the Rams do host the Arizona Cardinals for their third meeting of the season. Like I said, we will get into that breakdown, the whole game preview on the back end of the show here. Um, but first, okay, let's go ahead and give this, this uh, giveaway uh, for you guys. We got a prize pack courtesy of Shaw's Customs. So... Uh, if you guys want to participate in uh, in uh, future giveaways, it's very simple, guys. I just ask you guys a basic question. You guys can either send me a message on one of the the Ram Showcase social media pages, or you can comment on the full version of the YouTube podcast. Uh, so it's very simple to enter, guys. Last week, like I said, all I needed from you guys was a Go Rams, and you guys were entered into uh, to win. And then this this one, we'll go ahead and give it away, all right? So I got all the names here in my yellow hat. Probably the hat that I'll be wearing on Monday when the Rams do take on the Arizona Cardinals. But let's go ahead and get a giveaway here for you guys, and then we'll get we'll announce this next giveaway. Uh, let's see here. That's quite a few names in here. I think this is the biggest one that I've had as far as submissions goes. So we'll go with this one here. All right. So we have a winner for the Shaw's Customs Prize Pack. This one does come from the YouTube channel. This one's going to go to D Patel. What I need from you, D, is I need you to send a message to one of the Rams Showcase social media pages by, uh, we'll say Sunday, Sunday about about 2 o'clock Ram time. All right, so I need that that in. Otherwise, we will go ahead and, and pass it along to, to somebody else. So, D, hey, congratulations, D. Uh, you have won the, the Shaw's Custom Prize Pack, so... 
So go ahead and get that message over to me, and then we will send that out to Shaw's Customs and get you the prize pack. But this week, guys, what I'm going to need, uh, just give me a score prediction for this one. It can, you can actually just, I just need some kind of comment uh, saying that you're going to be paying attention to this game and you want the Rams to win, basically, is what I'm going to need from you guys. You guys can throw in a score prediction on that, but basically I just need a, hey, Rams are going to beat the Cardinals, all right? I just, just, just a little bit of that, because um, I, I, I know that the, the Cardinals fan base is not necessarily overly optimistic, but I think that we just need to drive it home just a little bit more that uh, we feel good about this Rams team winning this one. So by answering, you guys are giving me full permission to use your name and or photos on the next episode of Rams Showcase. Uh, and if you guys have won a prize pack by Shaw's Customs, uh, send me a photo or something, man, and we'll get you we'll get you some some pub. All right. And and throw out your Twitter Twitter handle or something like that. So uh, but hey, special thanks to Shaw's Customs as well. I've been doing these giveaways all season and it's been uh, absolutely awesome. So I got some real positive feedback from people who have received their stuff and and just uh, super stoked about it, man. So, hey, Josh from Shaw's Customs. Thank you, man. We'll go ahead and hop into the beef, though. Let's go ahead and start here. Uh, we'll start with, uh, this is just a big day for the Rams. Uh, I am recording on Wednesday. It is January 12th, and this is historically speaking, especially in recent history, regarding the return of the Los Angeles Rams. This has actually been a pretty big day in Rams history. So, if you guys aren't aware, six years ago today, the Rams were officially approved and announced their return to the city of Los Angeles. So that happened just six years ago today. I remember exactly where I was when this happened. I was in my old apartment and I had had a finished article already written out uh, just in case because I was getting home from work. And so I had a, an article completely done and uh, I was actually listening to a local Texas radio station that had a sports reporter that was at the hotel, and when he came, uh, where he he had mentioned live on air that he saw Stan Kroenke exit the conference room and was smiling and shaking hands, and it was at that moment that I, I was on the phone with my editor at the time before I was the editor of that website. Uh, I was I was on the phone with the editor at the time and uh, actually told him right there. I was like, "Go ahead, and go ahead and publish it. This is it, man." And so I was officially. The first article out uh, with the approval of the Rams moving back to Los Angeles. Unfortunately, that website is now defunct. It does not exist. And that being said, also all of my work was wiped off of the face of the earth. So that's it's too bad. But hey, it happens. And I know it's true. You guys don't have to believe me if you don't want to. Five years ago today, the Rams did announce the hiring of head coach Sean McVay. And Sean McVay is getting a lot of heat right now uh, for different things regarding the L.A. Rams. But what I'll say about Sean McVay is I think that he is probably already the best coach in Rams history, and I don't want that to come down to recency bias or anything like that, but just take a look at the numbers and what he's been able to do. Uh, winning the division three times, uh, now he's gone to the playoffs four out of five times. That one time that he did not go to the postseason, he was still nine and seven and just one game out, so it was very close. And if you look at the, the Rams winning the division three times in the last five years, we won it three times in 18 years previous to Sean McVay showing up. So I would say he's doing a pretty good job, although he has not yet brought a ring to the Los Angeles Rams. And three years ago today, the Rams did defeat the Dallas Cowboys for their first playoff win since January 8th of 2005, also courtesy of Sean McVay and the ground game. C.J. Anderson and Todd Gurley both going over 100 yards rushing in that game. Absolutely massive day for the L.A. Rams. Uh, and that was, of course, the, the start of them uh, heading into... Uh, into the the Super Bowl so the following week of course defeated the New Orleans Saints 
uh, in the NFC Championship game and then went on to the Super Bowl. So it was awesome stuff all the way around. But January 12th, since uh, in these last six years, this has been a, a very big day for the uh, for the Los Angeles Rams. So just wanted to celebrate that a little bit with you guys. Also, like I said, uh, the Rams just won the NFC West again, NFC West champions. And I do apologize if I don't sound as excited because I am sick. I'm trying to kind of control my voice a little bit before I just destroy my own throat. So um, the NFC West champions are the LA Rams. And that is that's exciting news. And I, I know that the that this came like about two minutes before the Rams lost to the San Francisco 49ers. So it really took the sting out of winning the, the NFC West. The fact that we had to worry about it in Arizona and that's what happened. And then we won and then lost the game. So I know that Rams fans are ultimately a little bit bummed out. And I have a, I I've seen the comments of like, so what? So, so much. And, and I guess my issue with those comments, and you're allowed to feel however you want to feel. I'm not here to tell you that you're wrong in your emotions because that's absurd. But I would say for for this Rams team, I would say I think that people making those comments have forgotten where we've come from and have forgotten that this team was not a very good football team for quite a while. And the fact that we've now won the NFC West three times in the past five seasons, I think is is unbelievable. And I don't think that that's anything that should not be celebrated. So I'm still here super stoked about it. And I know that there are fans out there that think I'm ridiculous for being happy about the NFC West uh, championship, but I, I don't necessarily get it, I guess. I mean, we knew that the NFC West was one of the best divisions in, in football. And, and I think that that held true with the last place team being just seven and 10 and I think that this team right now and where we are, I think that we're a pretty spoiled fan base right now, and rightly so. We're a good football team. We do expect more out of this team now than those previous years before Sean McVay, like I had mentioned. So I'm still here celebrating. I still want the uh, I still want the shirt. I still want the or the hat. I don't know. I usually don't go division stuff, but I still think it's awesome. And and I don't know what you guys had for the Rams final record, but I had the Rams at 11 wins. So I will take this. Absolutely, I'll take this. Also, I've seen some people not celebrating Cooper Cup and his achievement of becoming the Triple Crown. King Cup, man, Cooper Cup did something that was unbelievable this season. One of the best seasons a Rams wide receiver has ever had, if not the best season a Rams wide receiver has ever had. And I think that that deserves to be celebrated as well. And I know that there's people out there that say, you know, it doesn't mean anything without a ring, but I just, I, I disagree with that. And if you guys have been here with me for years, then you guys know that I disagree with that mindset, because if that is the mindset, then nothing Eric Dickerson did ever mattered. Uh, nothing that Steven Jackson did ever mattered. And, you know, James Laurinaitis leading the Rams all time in tackles, that's irrelevant. It doesn't matter because he doesn't have a ring. And so I just don't really subscribe to that. I think that now, like, we can celebrate what happened in the regular season. We can celebrate the NFC West champion win. Uh, we can celebrate Cooper Cup and what he was able to do, which was unbelievable this season. We can celebrate the fact that Matthew Stafford had one of the better quarterback seasons in Rams franchise history. Uh, but now, I, like, I understand we can celebrate that stuff and, and support it and be thrilled about it. Today, though, we're heading into the playoffs, and now there's different goals in mind. We can still celebrate that and also still think that now it's time to go get a Super Bowl, go get a ring, man. I think that they, those those two mindsets can coexist, and they, and they coexist in myself. That's why I even say that is because I think that this Rams team, we can celebrate what we did and what was really good, but also say, okay, now let's go get a ring. It's not like if the Rams lose this game, I'm going to be like, well, hey, Cooper Cup was still triple crown. We still won the SOS. I might still say those things. But we also have higher expectations now 
out of this Rams team based on recent success. We haven't seen a losing season under Sean McVay, and I think those are all things that deserve to be celebrated. And that's just kind of where where my brain is at right now. And I realize that I kind of got a little bit on a soapbox there. Uh, but you know what? I, they, this is just how I feel, man. And, and I'll be honest with you guys as well. The Rams could have gone 0-16 or 0-17 this season, and I would still be sitting here wearing my Rams gear and talking about the LA Rams, and I would be talking about maybe what's going to go on as far as changes in the in the coaching staff if that were the case. But uh, that's not the case. We are doing a much we are much better than that. Uh, we <laughs> we were able to win a couple of games, and you know I'm just excited to be here, man. I'm just excited to to be. Uh, covering this team in one of their their best eras and this won't last forever so I'm just trying to celebrate it while we have it let's go ahead and talk about some transactions here uh this one really hit me by surprise uh, like I'm sure it hit a lot of you guys like surprise so the catalyst of this move first of all is uh the Rams losing Jordan Fuller who I mean a lot of people know that's my favorite Rams player right now uh it, it I'm bummed out that Jordan Fuller is out it's I think his leadership and what he brings to this defense is absolutely something that's going to be missed. Uh, he will have surgery on his ankle. I was adamant when I saw the injury. I was very locked in on that was that was a torn Achilles, you know. And I, I may, maybe that is the case. Maybe it's not. I haven't heard official word anything like that. Forgive me. I've been a little bit preoccupied this week uh, with my own stuff going on. But uh, Jordan Fuller now will not be. Uh, participating in any of these postseason games, so that's really unfortunate. What the Rams did do in in this in this situation to handle this situation, because we also don't forget the Cooper Cup, or uh, excuse me, not Cooper Cup, Taylor Rapp is also in the concussion protocol this week. So the Rams did feel like they needed to make a move. The move that they did make is a little bit surprising to me, and that is signing. Safety Eric Weddle out of retirement. Eric Weddle was, of course, here for the 2019 season, that one season that the Rams did not make the playoffs under Sean McVay, and is now back in what role? We actually don't know, and I'm very curious, and I have so many questions about this because, first of all, we've seen we've seen a lot of safeties come in and out of this um, uh, in and out of this roster the last, I mean, just even this season. But 37 years old. For Eric Weddle, who's been out of football, did retire, and I, I just don't know what what position he's going to be put in for this game. Is so here's my questions, and I don't know the answers to these. I'm not trying to sit here and say that I know what the Rams' mindset was in this because I do not understand. And this is also being recorded before we're hearing press conference things like that, so we may get those answers to at least some of these questions. But here's the questions that I have. To you guys, and feel free to answer these. Anybody, please answer these. Um, first question, do we not trust Burgess at all? I thought he played pretty well last week, uh, and, and I think that, you know, like his tackle against George Kittle, stuff like that, it was a strong tackle. I think he's a good player. I've liked Terrell Burgess, though, for uh, for the last couple seasons. I've I've enjoyed him. Um, it, do we not trust him, though? Is he not, is he showing stuff in practice that would lead the coaching staff to believe that he cannot handle playing in the postseason is Eric Weddle expected to start or is he here just for depth and leadership because I could see that going either way of course he's at us an extremely experienced safety who's been in the league uh, for multiple teams so like that he's been he's been around he knows what he's doing out here on a football field uh, so could he play uh, quite possibly or is he here to be that veteran leadership on on the sideline and 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 is is that what his role is going to be to be that guy on the side who's just kind of 
getting everybody pumped up, keeping everybody in line, keeping emotions in check. Uh, Jalen Ramsey, Taylor Rapp kind of thing, keeping that kind of stuff in line. Is this Eric Weddle's last ditch effort at a ring? Did did he maybe make some phone calls or did did phone calls get get had that that led to Eric Weddle being like, you know what, maybe this Rams team is the situation that I can be in to get a ring uh, to, to wrap up my career and then I'll retire and then I'll, you know, feel good. Is this step one to Eric Weddle becoming a member of the Rams coaching staff? That's a question that I've seen posed on the internet as well. Is is Eric Weddle a guy who, who might be our secondary coach next year? I've seen defensive coordinator. I don't think that he would go from player to defensive coordinator. I think that there's a lot more steps between that. I also will reference defensive coordinator stuff here in a minute, but is this his his hope of trying to get onto the, the Rams coaching staff? Did we forget that we let Eric Weddle go because he really just wasn't playing that well, uh, especially by the end of his, his time with the Rams, that late season stretch just wasn't really looking great. Um, and the Rams just decided that it, it was best to move on from him. Did we forget that? Is he in better shape now? I, like, I'm just kind of confused at what the uh, the thought process was uh, on that. Did we really get better by adding Eric Weddle? I don't know the answer to that question. We got to see him out on the field first, because let's also keep in mind that we haven't seen him in in a little bit on the on an NFL football field. All right. So we don't actually know what he's going to bring to the table right now. Is he in shape? I kind of asked that already, but we don't know. I'm assuming that he is in shape. He seems like that kind of guy that would have stayed in shape uh, post NFL. But I mean, we also signed him on a Wednesday. Is he going to play on Monday? I mean, that's that's a pretty tight turnaround. Does he know our defense? Anything like that? Uh, will he have time to learn our defense? That's I mean, we, we've got a couple of days. And when he played with us, uh, he did have uh, Wade Phillips as the defensive coordinator. So it's a completely different era of Rams defense, in my opinion. So uh, is he going to green dot if he does start? That's a very good question because we don't actually know that either. Jordan Fuller was the green dot. We've lost Ernest Jones, who's green dotted it before. We don't know when he's going to return. So could that be a guy like Eric Weddle? Does he know enough of the defense to be able to do that? Did the Rams really just not want to enter the postseason with Rap as their most experienced safety? That feels very realistic to me uh, that, you know, you look at the the landscape of your own team and you say, like, the most experienced guy that we have at safety is Taylor Rapp. And did that make the coaches a little bit nervous? Because I think that that's very real as well. Um, I, I've seen a lot of fans that, that are very, very high on Taylor Rapp. And, you know, in fairness, I will say that Taylor Rapp did play a lot better this season than I anticipated. Um, but my bar was also pretty low because he's been pretty average his entire career and I think that he exceeded what I had as his expectations but not by a whole lot so is that something that the the team considered and are people really still mad about Eric Weddle based on that Ravens game in 2019 where he was not wanting to to say anything about the Ravens to the Rams coaching staff but that sounds ridiculous to me because if you guys listen to the entire thing that that Eric Weddle was talking about, he was saying that I, he's I can't give any I can't give any information to these coaches that they don't already have. They already know everything that I know. So no, I'm not telling them all this stuff about the Ravens. They already know it, you know. So uh, either way, guys, um, I'm I'm kind of indifferent on this signing right now. I I don't think I have emotions as far as pro or against uh, bringing Eric Weddle in. I just don't know how I how how much of an impact he will actually have as we um, as we go into this postseason. But 
It's an interesting move, nonetheless. And I, I honestly, when I saw the the tweet come in, my my phone lights up, and I see the Rams are signing Eric Weddle. It was like, is is Adam Schefter drunk right now, man? Like I was so confused, and I had no idea. But hey, it happened. Eric Weddle, welcome to the L.A. Rams. Um, let's win some ball games, Eric. We're going to take a quick break. On the other side of this, we are going to take a look back at the Rams and 49ers game in Week 18. Uh, so don't move. Welcome back into Rams Showcase. We'll take a look back at this 49ers versus the L.A. Rams game that we did see in Week 18. That game happened at SoFi Stadium. Went into overtime. The 49ers did defeat the L.A. Rams 27-24 uh, with the final score there. So it was a tough fought game man but i will say that this game uh cemented my emotions on raheem morris because i think that he was the what felt like the 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 main issue as far as closing this game out uh that third quarter i don't think my frustration with raheem morris has been that high uh and like since we saw Troy Reader covering Devonte Adams in Green Bay on third down, I, I don't think my frustration has been that high. Uh, 49ers weren't even doing anything that special; just some zone runs, and we could not, or I don't know, I don't know if I want to say could not or would not adjust to that in time. Um, so, yeah, Raheem Morris uh, just. I, I don't know what he was looking at on the side there. I, I don't know why we went away from what was working against the San Francisco 49ers, but I mean, the Rams started out real physical. We're playing the heck out of the 49ers until about the two minute warning and then really just softened up. Uh, it was two different times that the Rams really turned it on and outplayed the 49ers by a margin and then completely let up and let the 49ers get back into the game. It was two times that the Rams did that. Um, so, I mean, you obviously see the whole first half, the Rams come out real hot and uh, up 17 nothing, and then just let up. And that third quarter really just let the 49ers do whatever they wanted and, and get back into the game. So uh, it's frustrating to see for sure, but uh, protection was pretty rough. Uh, Stafford seemed really rattled for most of the second half. Just really just too urgent, I guess, is is the feeling that it, that it had. Uh, third quarter was an absolute mess, and then uh, OBJ, the deep ball to OBJ is still still not connecting, and I'm not sure what the issue is there. Uh, unfortunately, I don't have those answers, but it's just a, it's a problem. And what I will say about this game is we know that the Rams and 49ers, the, versus the 49ers, it's a bad matchup for the Rams. The, the 49ers just have a a, a roster, a game plan, a, a style about them that just does not fit with playing against the Rams. And the Rams just struggle against that. They struggle with teams that are that physical, who can just run, 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 kill the clock. The Rams just struggle with that. And so we know that it's a bad matchup. But what I will say, what I will pull from this game, I will I will willingly choose, <laughs> I, will, I am going to choose to pull some positive out of this game uh, because not a lot of Rams fans are, is that when the Rams did match that intensity, we outplayed the 49ers by a margin. And then we let up and then let them get back into the game. And credit to the 49ers for also not giving up. They go down 17 nothing, and 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 they're still fighting for a playoff spot. So and and they had to win. I mean they had they they did what they had to do and, and they they were able to pull it through. So I mean let's not forget that they were playing for something too. It's not just the Rams and then that was the the side story is the 49ers. 
the Rams and 49ers are both playing for something, and the 49ers got it done. Uh, so you credit them. I mean, you got to give credit where credit's due, but I will say that it showed me a lot that this Rams team, when we were presented with, like, we need to come out and, and, and fight and, and be physical and, and get in their faces, the Rams not only did that, they did it extremely well. So if the Rams were to play this team again, which I don't anticipate happening, I don't think it would be 3-0 and for the 49ers. I think that this team, it was, it, the regular season is basically lessons. You're, you're learning lessons all season long, and now it's time for the test. And, and that was one last lesson, is that we can play with the 49ers. We can dominate the 49ers. We saw it. Uh, but we need to do it for four quarters and not let up. And I think that that was the, our final lesson. And can we carry that lesson into the postseason? I guess we'll have to find out. There is no game badge in this one. Of course, game badges are for winners. Uh, but I will say this, though. If the Rams were able to pull out that game, uh, what who would have received the game badge? 100% without a single doubt in my brain, Troy Reader. Troy Reader played an amazing game. And if you guys... Go back and watch that game. Watch Troy in that one. Like, he called out a screen. He starts jumping and pointing. The ball snapped. He blocks the screen. Uh, Garoppolo runs, and then he gets uh, he gets uh, to Garoppolo. Uh, he's playing great out here this this last week. So, credit to Troy Reader on, on the Week 18 game against the San Francisco 49ers. It wasn't enough, of course, for the LA Rams. But, oh man, did he have one heck of a day. Quarterback Matthew Stafford went 21-32, 238, three touchdowns, two interceptions. It was a, uh, He is now the single-season pass yard record holder for the LA Rams, and he's tied for most touchdown passes in a single season. He was sacked five times in this one and did just feel rattled as, uh, as the second half went on. He just felt like he was too much uh, in a hurry. Running back Sonny Michelle, 21 carries for only 43 yards, was not able to get in, into the end zone. The ground game could just not get going. But I like to see 20-plus when we struggle. Um, that's it, it keeps them honest. I, I like to see that even though the Rams were struggling to move the football on the ground, they still were doing it. And I think that that's why we went into overtime, and I think that's why it was such a tight game. Opposed to when we first played the San Francisco 49ers, and we lost 31-10. to 10. So massive difference in this one, uh, being able to not give up on the ground game. Running back Cam Akers in his return had five carries. Uh, for three yards, three receptions for 10 yards. If you guys watched my pregame live, that was literally my prediction. I said that he was going to get about five carries and, and about three catches. That's literally what I said. Um, not trying to take credit there. I mean, it's it was his first game back from a torn Achilles. And I will say, like, yeah, every time he got tackled, it's like, oh, yeah, like, especially like when he gets his ankles wrapped up, he's like, oh, no. And then he just bounced up, man. So, hey, th- th- I saw a tweet. I, do- I can't credit the person because I don't remember who it was. But there was a tweet that basically said that uh, that Rams fans have little knowledge and a lot of concern on Cam Akers, and the Rams, <laughs> they have a lot of knowledge and a little concern about Cam Akers. So I think that was a very realistic way to look at it, is they know more than we do, and they know what he's feeling better than we do, and they weren't as concerned. So I do think that he does become a heavier part of this offense as we move forward through the playoffs. Wide receiver Cooper Cup, seven receptions for 118 yards, one touchdown. Just your, just your good old-fashioned Cooper Cup day, you know what I mean? Seven catches for 118 and one. That, that feels like a, like a low-end cup, cup day. I mean, it really does. I mean, I don't know what else you guys want me to say about Cooper Cup. He is unbelievable, unreal. And we'll talk about season updates uh, here here next. 
Well, tight end Tyler Higby had six catches for 55 yards and two touchdowns. Incredible day from from uh, Tyler Higby was running real tough, especially after he went down with that injury. I thought he was going to be out the way he was limping. Um, and then he came back and scored tutties and stuff. So that was really cool to see. Uh, Tyler Higby's second career multi-touchdown game. That first one came against the Philadelphia Eagles uh, last season. That was like a week three or four game. It was pretty early season, but that was his first multi-touchdown game. And then he has this one. Let's go ahead and talk about some season stats here and update you guys on some record books for the LA Rams. So we'll start with quarterback Matthew Stafford, uh, who did end the season with 67.2 completion percentage. That is third most, uh, third best in Rams history, 4,886 yards. That is the most in Rams history, and he is now 14th all-time in Rams history after just one season. 41 touchdown passes, that's tied for most in a single season, and is currently 12th most in career uh, touchdown passes in Rams history. Uh, he has 17 interceptions this season, that's tied for 18th uh, most in a single season. And his rating, 102.9, uh, that is the second best in Rams history and career would be number one if uh, if that can hold. So it's touchdown percentage 6.8. That is sixth in Rams history and interception percentage 2.8. That's 16th uh, uh, as, as far as Rams history goes. Running back Sony Michelle had 845 yards, 4.1 yards average and four touchdowns did have just one fumble on the season. None of those marks make the cut for Rams history. Running back Daryl Henderson, 688 yards. He does have a career 1,459. That is 29th most in Rams history. And he does have, he had five touchdowns this season, 10 total. That is 32nd in Rams history. And Daryl Henderson did not fumble this season. Wide receiver Cooper Cup, 145 receptions this season. That is best in Rams history. And that brings his total to 433. That is fifth most already in Rams history and in only 71 games. So if he continues on this pace and does stick around with the Rams, he is absolutely going to be the all-time leader in most of these categories if he just can can stay on his current path. 1,947 yards, most in Rams history. He is currently sixth all-time in receiving yards in team history, 5,517 16 touchdowns this season, obviously incredible as well. 40 all-time, that is 7th. He is 44 behind Isaac Bruce, 34 behind Torrey Holt. And he did end the season with 114.5 yards per game, and his touchdown percentage was 11. Absolutely unbelievable season for wide receiver Cooper Cup. Tight end Tyler Higby, 61 receptions this season, and uh, that brings his total to two. 234 that's 14th most in team history 560 yards this year 2487 career and that is 19th in team history five touchdowns this season as well that brings his career total to 17 17th most in team history wide receiver van jefferson did not make any team marks this season but did have 50 receptions for 802 yards and six touchdowns i think that if we can get that production out of wide receiver van jefferson every year then i think that, that he's He's definitely got his place here to to stick around. 50 catches for 800 yards and six touchdowns, dude. If we can get that every single year out of Van Jefferson and and keep a guy like Cooper Cup, keep a guy like Robert Woods, uh, then I think that we're looking pretty good. And and that's not even including OBJ. So uh, I do expect him to, to stick around. We'll talk about uh, re-signings and stuff when the Rams season does officially end. But, hey, man, if Van Jefferson can get his nice little rhythm right in that pocket of 50 and 806, then 
I'm feeling good about it. Wide receiver Robert Woods, 45 catches this season. That brings his total to 367. That is eighth most all time in Rams history. 556 yards for Woods this year. That is 10th most in Rams history. Uh, excuse me. The, his 4,626 is 10th most in Rams history. So Cooper Cup and uh, Robert Woods, top 10 wide receivers in Rams history all time. Four touchdowns for Woods. That brings his career total to 23, and that is 14th most in team history. Uh, let's see here. Defensive lineman Aaron Donald, 12 and a half sacks this year. Uh, that did lead the team. And that is tied for 11th most in a single season. Uh, 98 sacks for Aaron Donald is the most in in team history, uh, unless we want to go back and count Deacon Jones's. But that's very difficult considering they weren't officially recorded as sacks until you know he, of course, coined the term sack and so on. You guys know the history. If you guys don't, that's the history. Really, it's uh, he coined the term and then they counted it after that. <laughs> um, but. His uh, 84 ta- total tackles and four forced fumbles. Uh, the forced fumbles did lead the team. Uh, so that's awesome season for Aaron Donald. Obviously, he's on. He's well on his way to a Hall of Fame uh, bid, uh, probably a first ballot, and we are watching his career unfold. It's very, very cool to, to see. Kicker Matt Gay, his 94.1% field goal percentage is second best in Rams single season history only behind Greg Zerline. Punter Johnny Hecker solidifies himself as the best punter in Rams history, just adds to his resume 51 punts for 2,252 yards this season. He had a 44.2 average, uh, but 42.5 net average that is six most in Rams history. He is behind himself five times though. So he is, of course, he did have like the sixth best season for a Rams punter, but he's also got one, two, three, four, and five. So I think he's uh, he's pretty locked in there. His long on the season was 59. Didn't have any blocks this year. Had 23 punts inside the 20, only one touchback. And then we also got safety Jordan Fuller here. He did lead the team in total tackles with 113. Cornerback Jalen Ramsey and Taylor Rapp both tied for the lead uh, on on the Rams with four interceptions. The Rams did not have any uh, defensive touchdowns this season. So uh, no defensive touchdowns. Maybe we can get one in still. But uh, either way, man, uh, this this Rams season, I think, was a was a very solid season. I know a lot of people see it as as a little bit of a failure uh, considering uh, just the you know being swept by the 49ers and anything like that. But like I said, I had this Rams team winning 11 games. They exceeded my own expectations on that. And I mean, I've said it before. I'll say it again to you guys is uh, I think that this year was it was a setup more to next year. And I wish that the Super Bowl was in L.A. next year, not this year, because the Rams, not only if you guys haven't seen the the opponents, uh, then you'll you'll notice, though, that the, the Rams play 10 SoFi games. We get nine at home. And then one of our road games is at the Chargers. One of those other home games, by the way, Buffalo Bills, that'll be. Uh, a really awesome one. That'll be our bonus game is the Buffalo Bills. So I would like to go out to that one. If you guys have seen the schedule, you guys, I'm trying to go to so many games. <laughs> I'm try- I will be going to Green Bay, uh, locking that one in uh, with my buddy Jackson. We're going to that one. So, uh, But there's a lot of cool stuff going on right now for the LA Rams. And we're a, we're a pretty good football team right now. So, hey, man, soak it in. Soak it in while we can. Soak it in because we know how fast it can go away and how long 
it can be until you get it back. We're going to take another quick break here. On the other side, we got the rest of the West. Don't move. Welcome back in, Rams fans. We'll get into the rest of the West, what those other three dweebs are up to. What I can tell you guys right now is while I was recording, I did get a notification that Eric Weddle has been signed to the Rams practice squad right now. So I do fully anticipate that he gets activated, but just so you guys are aware, that is the situation that the Rams went ahead and did, is uh, the practice squad. So let's get into the rest of the West, though. Uh, we actually, we're not going to talk about the individual games that happened last week. There was only two of them, the Rams did fall to the 49ers and the Seahawks defeated the Arizona Cardinals by seven. So it's uh, some snug games, 10 points total uh, separating in the NFC West matchups there. But now we've got three teams going on to the postseason. We've got the Rams versus the Cardinals, something that we'll preview here in a moment. And then we also have the, the Cowboys hosting the San Francisco 49ers. So uh, I do have my game picks for this one. We'll get to that one second here. The Seahawks, though, would have had the 10th overall pick if they did not trade that pick to the New York Jets for safety Jamal Adams. And, you know, they're trying to do Rams things, but they're not Rams. All right. They're, they tried to to ship out some ones for a player that they thought was going to have a high impact. It did not have the same impact as some of the, the moves that the L.A. Rams have made. Uh, our first round picks seem to go to guys like Jalen Ramsey, and uh, we got rid of some for Matthew Stafford. Of course, a big part of that was the, uh, to the Detroit Lions to eat a lot of our salary cap on that move. So you get that. Uh, Brandon Cooks was one that, that worked out that season. So, I mean, the Rams are doing it, man. The, the Rams are out here shaking and everything like that. Seattle Seahawks, they tried to do it. And I would say that it's uh, it's quite the failure for, for the Seattle Seahawks making that move for Jamal Adams, who I think is is an above average player, but I don't think that he's really like there for. Uh, I don't I don't think he's he's like a the, the total game changer that I think that they thought that he was. You know what I mean? Uh, all right, let's go ahead and take a look at the final NFC West standings of the season. We have the L.A. Rams, your champion. L.A. Rams at twelve and five. The Arizona Cardinals just behind them at eleven and six. Did hold. First place for most of the season, but not when it mattered the most. The San Francisco 49ers, also a playoff team with double-digit wins, 10-7 and seven record for the San Francisco 49ers. And then the Seattle Seahawks rounding out last place with a 7-10 and 10 record. And that is, I don't know how to word this really, but they're, they're technically tied for like the best worst team. Because you look at, there's... I want to say there's two other AFC divisions that their fourth place team was seven and 10. So the NFC West, obviously one of the better divisions in football and the Seattle Seahawks were in a lot of games. Uh, it wasn't very, very often that they were just getting absolutely smoked and things like that. I do still anticipate quite the changes for the same, uh, for the Seattle Seahawks this season. I don't think that Russell Wilson comes back and I think that they would be ignorant to keep Pete Carroll. I think that he is so far in the past and you look at the rest of this division, Shanahan, McVay, and Kingsbury, I think that, that that alone should tell that Seattle front office, we cannot compete. I don't think that uh, Pete can compete with the rest of this division right now. I just don't think it's possible. And if Russell Wilson leaves, I think that we see a very bad Seattle Seahawks team next year. I think that if they move on from Pete Carroll, which I think this would be the perfect time to move on from Pete Carroll, considering some of the other names that are available for coaching right now. You got Flores out there. You got the enemy out there. I think both of those guys would be incredible 
choices. I would hate to see them take a guy like KOC from the LA Rams. I don't think he's necessarily ready yet. Only being requested for one interview, that is the Denver Broncos. But I think the Seattle Seahawks team is on the verge of a teardown. And uh, not every Seahawks fan agrees with me on that one, but I do think it is coming. I think that if you try to hang on and run it back with Pete and Russ one more time, I think you're going to get a lot of what you saw this year, which is about that seven win mark. I don't think that they can get much better than that with the way that that, that team is right now. Pete Carroll, I think, is just too locked in on on the past, man. And and you got two very, or three other very forward-thinking franchises that are... Are, are in that division, are in this this NFC West division with the Seattle Seahawks, and, and I think that they would be in a rough spot to try to to continue what they've been doing. And I, we all know the definition of insanity. Is that what the Seahawks are going to do? We will wait and see, but I'm not convinced that, uh, that, that keeping Russell Wilson is something that they will do. I think that Russell Wilson, I, I mean, I've locked in my predictions. I think Russ goes to the Denver Broncos. I think that that is a perfect match. I think the personalities fit. Uh, with You look at a guy like like Peyton Manning who came to the Denver Broncos out here in Colorado and and the way that he fit in with that franchise and, and his attitude, I just think it, it fit really well. And I think that we would see something very similar if that were to happen for, uh, for Russell Wilson as well. I think he would be so embraced in this. It would be ridiculous. Uh, let's go ahead and get my picks in though. Uh, feel free to play along, guys. Uh, drop your picks as well. I've actually only got one road team winning this weekend on Wild Card Weekend, Super Wild Card Weekend, uh, where the Rams will play the Monday night game, which sucks. I mean, it's, I can't even put it more blunt than that because I don't want to get like demonetized or or have my my show flagged again. I had to I had to uh, to have to take down an episode last last year when I was talking about Jared Goff because I said one word. They marked me explicit, and I try to be family-friendly here, uh, but only one road team. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, we'll start with the the Raiders at the Bengals. I've got the Bengals winning this one and moving on. The New England Patriots at the Buffalo Bills. I'm taking the Buffalo Bills. Philadelphia Eagles at the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think that one's easy. I think that one goes to the Bucks. I don't think... I think that the Eagles and uh, the Steelers, I think that they're the weakest... Uh, at, the, the weakest teams coming out of Pennsylvania into the playoffs this year. San Francisco at Dallas. I'm going with San Francisco. I think that when uh, the 49ers are playing that that ground game physical attack, uh, I don't think that the Dallas Cowboys can can handle that. And the Dallas Cowboys are also 6-0 against their own division, 6-5 and five outside of their division. I don't think they're a very good team. I think they're a little bit of frauds, and I think that San Fran will expose that and move on to Green Bay. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers I have losing to the Kansas City Chiefs, and I do have the Rams defeating the Arizona Cardinals. Please play along at home, guys. I want I want to hear what your guys' picks are in the comment section below. Let me know uh, what you guys have as far as your picks, who you guys think is moving on. So if you guys are keeping track uh, for the NFC, which is what we'll stick with here, I, I think that we'll see the the Rams play at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers next week, while the the San Francisco 49ers play at the Green Bay Packers. And I've said it before. I've, I said it on the NFC West roundtable last week or yesterday, which was the the 49ers have been a year behind the Rams for the last, what, four or five years now. And if that were to ring, to, to continue, to, to ring true, then the San Francisco 49ers would win in Dallas and then get booted out of Lambeau in round two, which is exactly what happened 
to the LA Rams last season. So, all right, guys, uh, we'll get into what you actually came for, which is the game preview. But first, quick word from our sponsor. Welcome back into Rams Showcase right here on Sports War Radio and the fan side of networks. Make sure you guys check the link in the description below. No matter where you guys are hearing me right now, you guys will be able to find a link to Shaw's Customs in the comment section below. Shaw's Customs has all kinds of sweet stuff. You guys just saw it in the commercial if you guys aren't on the YouTube channel. Uh, but all kinds of awesome stuff, guys. And don't just take my word for it. Go look at it with your own eyeballs. And uh, just go go check it out, man. He's got a bunch of awesome stuff out over there. Political, Rams, Everything you want, man. It's, it's all right there. So that'll be in the, the description below, no matter where you can hear me. I absolutely promise you guys. Let's go ahead and talk about this game, though. We got the playoffs starting. The Arizona Cardinals at the Los Angeles Rams. This game kicks off at 515 Pacific time. That game kicks off on Monday. This game is televised also on ESPN from SoFi Stadium. The weather in this one, we're looking at about uh, high to mid 50s in that range for this one uh, throughout the game. On Monday in L.A., uh, in Inglewood specifically, there's a high of 67, a low of 51, low winds, about 66% humidity. So out there, guys, um, I, I know that I've been out there and, and seen seen Rams fans bundled up while I was in a t-shirt and it felt weird. But I'm also a Colorado guy, so uh, if you guys, if the 50s are going to be a struggle for you, make sure you guys uh, are rocking the, uh, the sweaters and such. The ref for this one, we do get Clay Martin. The Rams are 3-1 and all-time with Martin on their games and 1-0 and with Martin as a ref on their games. Let's take a look at the history of this matchup here. The Rams do lead the all-time series 46-39-2. The Rams have won 9 of the last 10 and 11 of the last 14. The Rams are 1-0 and in the postseason against the Arizona Cardinals. And uh, the L.A. Rams, uh, that did, actually, that was the St. Louis Cardinals. The L.A. Rams defeated the St. Louis Cardinals 35-23. to And that game came on December 27th of 1975. The Rams at home versus the Arizona Cardinals, all-time 23-22. and So a loss would tie that series all-time of the Rams hosting the Cardinals. The first, uh, the first Rams game ever on, uh, on Janu- January 17th will happen on Monday. They have never played a January 17th football game. So uh, there's a lot of things to look at when you when you're, you're taking a look at this matchup. I mean, one of the things that I have kind of been talking about the most this week with other Rams friends, guys like like Payo Time, uh, maybe not as much Payo Time, but more Rams House, if you guys are uh, followers of those channels as well. Great guys. Um, definitely people that I, I feel comfortable saying are my friends, you know what I mean, that I've, I've met through doing this. So uh, one thing that I was talking about with with Rams House, though, is is that I think that this team is just cold right now. I think that this Arizona Cardinals team is the coldest team coming in. And I, I, I'd like to say that the Philadelphia Eagles are there too, but you know what? They're playing some good football. But these Arizona Cardinals are the only team. They're like the odd man out when you look at the NFC. Every NFC team right now is 4-1 and one in their last five, except for the Arizona Cardinals, who are 1-4 and four in their last five. Uh, the Rams and Cardinals, of course, split this season, each winning uh, on the road. So you got to take, I mean, we can take that into consideration that the, the Arizona Cardinals in week four did defeat the Rams at SoFi Stadium. But that was also pre-OBJ. That was pre-Von Miller and really just a different football team right now. The Rams entered that game at 3-0 and and then came out of it 3-1. And And then after that, though, the Rams were playing some good ball. 
And one thing that we've seen, except for if you take, like, obviously, this is now the the second time in Sean McVay's history we've seen a three-game losing streak at some point. But if you take that out, uh, and I know it was pretty recent, so it's hard to take it out, but uh, if you take that kind of stuff out, the Rams have historically played pretty well after a loss under Sean McVay. So it's there's so many moving parts into this one, but if you talk to an Arizona Cardinals fan and you ask them how confident they are, the answer you're going to probably get is not very confident. It doesn't seem like the Arizona Cardinals uh, fan base coming into this one feels like they can get this one done. And the, this Rams team feels like a team that can win this game. And I don't expect a blowout in this one. It very well could happen. You never know who's going to come in hot and who's going to come in cold. Like I said, the Arizona Cardinals feel like the colder team, but let's not pretend like these Rams don't come in cold sometimes. Uh, so we'll have to see if if we can you know, avoid that as a going into the postseason because that's obviously where you have to avoid it you you lose this game you you lose i mean that's it you don't get another try you don't get to come back the next week you don't you don't get to take that one game at a a time thing you you now vacationing you're you're now looking at at what you got to do to to get back to it next year and if you're a guy like aaron donald you take your week off or your five days off or whatever and then you get back to work not everybody's like that of course but uh so entering this game though the the real storyline is who's going to break the tie Who's going to who's going to be the one and on the Arizona Cardinals side, are they again just going to crumble late and get booted round one? And that's it. Like, And then at that point, what are the what do you look at as far as Cliff Kingsbury and his future and that, the rest of that coaching staff? The Arizona Cardinals took a, a very Rams approach to this season, which was go out and get superstars and let's go win some games. And it worked for the beginning of the season. And then they kind of fell apart. So. We'll see if this team can put it together. Which Cardinals team are we going to see? We won't know until kickoff. Are we going to see that team that comes in hot and they're playing really well? Or are we going to see a team that kind of falls down? Um, we don't know, obviously. We we can't know that answer yet. We need to wait until until games do start. But uh, gosh, is that is it? this is an interesting matchup because it's so hard to tell what team you're going to get on either side. This Rams team could come in real hot. Uh, and also, I mean, the last time we saw this team, we did not have Jalen Ramsey. We did not have Tyler Higby. We do get both of those guys back. And we were also going against DeAndre Hopkins. That was his last game of the season. So there's a lot of changes in this one. And it, it's hard to look at those past games and see exactly what you're going to get out of out of these two uh, this time around. So let's take a look at the matchup of this one. We're looking at regular season numbers here. Sterling Rams offense versus the Cardinals defense here. Uh, the Rams offense ended with top top 10 total uh, as far as uh, yards per game goes. The Arizona Cardinals just sitting outside of that top 10 at 11th overall. The Rams fifth in passing the football. Cardinals are 20th in defending the pass, running the football. Actually, you know what? I, I may have those numbers mixed up here. That might be uh, seventh for uh, for passing. It, it's correct on your screen. Uh, trust me, I, I just, I'm bad at taking notes with COVID. Uh, the Rams, 99 rushing yards per game, 25th in the NFL. So uh, that's pretty standard this year. The Rams floating right about that 100 mark uh, in mid-20s as far as their rankings go. The Rams are not putting up uh, 28 points a game, just over 27. That is seventh in the NFL, though. And the Cardinals defense giving up a little over 21. That is 11th in the NFL. So there's a lot of good matchups to watch here. Um, one thing that we want to see, especially out of this Rams team, is going to be the protection. Uh, the protection was not amazing against the San Francisco 49ers. And, you know, I, I'm I'm really 
leaning more and more every single week to the side that Brian Allen is is not the the best option for the Rams. I think that Coleman Shelton is the better starting option for the Rams, and I think that we play better when Coleman Shelton is the guy out there. But you know what? I don't make those calls, and and if Brian Allen's the guy, then I hope that he does awesome. You know what I mean? Like that's I know that that's kind of like a weird mindset to 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 have is. Because I don't like a guy to, I don't want to see him fail just because I think that somebody else will play better. I hope that he proves me wrong. You know what I mean? So, uh, but that is a, a big matchup to watch in this one, especially if you got an Arizona Cardinals team who's going to have JJ Watt back. It, it seems so. Uh, this Rams offense though can get going and and can get moving, obviously. So the 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 big story here is going to be can can Matthew Stafford just not make those silly mistakes because those. Uh, late season, as the season kind of got wrapping up here towards the end, uh, that last, I would say, like 33% of the season, uh, he's prone to mistakes, man. So he's got to be able to rein that in. Let's take a look at the other side of the football here. Cardinals offense versus the Rams defense. In total yards, the Cardinals top 10, 8th overall, and the Rams defense about 17th overall. It seems like 17th is about where I've had them, uh, their rankings most of the season has been right in that pocket, uh, just below average. Passing the football, Cardinals are a top 10 passing team. The Rams defense 22nd against the pass, so having some struggles there. Running the football, uh, the Cardinals are top 10 running the football with 122.1, so over that 120 mark is real solid. Rams defense is 6th in stopping the run, however, giving up a little over 100, that 103.2 points per game. The Cardinals are putting up over 26. That is 11th in the NFL. And the Rams defense giving up just under 22 a game. That does rank 15th. So obviously there's a lot of big matchups to watch here. The secondary is going to be one to keep an eye on with uh, a lot of the shifting that has happened. Taylor Rapp in concussion protocol. We don't have access to Jordan Fuller, but we bring in a guy like Eric Weddle. Uh, we will have Jalen Ramsey in this one. We did not have Jalen Ramsey in, the, in our most recent game against the Arizona Cardinals, but they also did have DeAndre Hopkins. So well, I think it's an interesting situation to, to kind of watch. Uh, losing Jordan Fuller definitely is a whole bag of bummers, but hey, we're going against the Arizona Cardinals team that we know we can beat, especially when we're undermanned, and we are not necessarily undermanned in this one. Of course, Jordan Fuller, like I'd mentioned, but we didn't have Jalen Ramsey last time. We didn't have Tyler Higby last time. We get those guys back. Our injury report is at least looking right now. I record on Wednesdays, so it's it's like we, we probably won't have one until Thursday, but uh, just because of the Monday game. Uh, but this team is overall pretty healthy, and we got to kind of count our blessings here uh, heading into the postseason with so few injuries and getting guys back like Cam Akers. I think it's absolutely massive. Let's take a look at the three to see to this one. For the first one, we're going to start with the Rams' offensive line. I, I think that that's going to be such a big factor in this one. And I think that part of the reason that Stafford did look so shaky in the second half was the pressure. And I got to put some of that on Sean McVay as well. Uh, the play calling, it seemed like we were going only deep, deep routes. Uh, so, I mean, it kind of, especially in that third quarter, just felt like there was something missing there. Like we were not going underneath. We weren't trying to do much there. But, and then, the 49ers, let's let's not pretend like they don't have a good good pass rush. They got some really strong players over there. So the the Rams offensive line to be able to to protect Matthew Stafford and create some running lanes because that last week was uh was a problem as well. So if we can run the football on the Arizona Cardinals and give Matthew Stafford some time, then I feel good about this game. I, I feel good that the Rams can win this one by more than one possession, but those kind of things have to happen. 
Next up, I'm going to go Jalen Ramsey. We didn't have Jalen Ramsey on our last game against the, the Arizona Cardinals, so let's see what he can bring to this team. It felt like last last time we played this team that we, we were starting guys like Kareem Orr, and it just kind of felt like everybody had this like we're undermanned, it's up to us mentality, and I want to see that continue. So is Jalen Ramsey going to be a guy that can keep that mindset going? And then last, I'm going to say Taylor Rapp. I've been extremely critical of Taylor Rapp all season. All, his entire career, I have been pretty critical of Taylor Rapp. So uh, I, I want everybody to know it's not a personal attack. I have no personal issues with Taylor Rapp. I just thought that based off his rookie season, we would have seen a little bit more progression out of him by now. And I don't think he's a bad player, but I just think that he's just he's about average. He's about an average safety. He's a starting NFL safety but I think that there's there's better options out there. And I, I want to see him improve. And that's the thing. It's not like I'm putting Taylor Rapp in this box of like, he this is who he is. He's not very good. Uh, let's move on from anything like that. Because I also was saying that about Greg Gaines. And look at what he did this season. He absolutely, absolutely exploded. And that can happen at really any moment. You never know. So Taylor Rapp, man, I'm I'm hoping that Taylor Rapp has, a, has an awesome game in this one. First, that he is okay. He's in the concussion protocol. I hope that he's good to go. And for this game, man, I'm, I'm hoping that Taylor Rapp just kind of shuts people like me up. The, the people who say that Taylor Rapp is struggling and that he's average and all this stuff, I hope that he just, he puts that to bed. And I hope that we are looking back after this playoff run and I'm, I'm sitting here saying, boy, was I wrong about Taylor Rapp. I would love that. All right. I would absolutely love that. I would eat it up. So, uh, but those are my, my three to see the Rams offensive line, Jalen Ramsey and Taylor Rapp. You guys might notice that, uh, two members of the secondary. I didn't want to just use the secondary because I think that each of those guys individually have very important roles as we head into this one. We are going to take another quick break here on the other side. We got fan cases. We got some good ones too. Don't move. All right, Rams fans, let's go ahead and get into our fan quesos. This first one here, first of all, John, I need to apologize to you, man. I have some struggles with the Facebook Messenger sometimes, and I don't get notified of those uh, those messages that come into the Rams Showcase uh, Facebook page all the time, so I do apologize about that, man. Uh, I did see this one here, and it was just my mistake. Missed it last week, so uh, it is still relevant, though, so I will answer it for you right now. So this uh, this case all comes from John. It's going to be, do you think the Rams will extend OBJ's contract going forward? If yes, do you think the Rams will retain Robert Woods? I do think that OBJ is a Ram long-term, and I don't know what that necessarily means for uh, for Robert Woods, but if I had to take a guess here, I would say that the the Rams do retain both, and I'm not sure if that would mean that something something would come in in preseason time. But I I fully expect that both of these gentlemen, Robert Woods and OBJ, will be members of the LA Rams next year. I will say, unfortunately, that I do think that there's a higher chance that OBJ is a Ram next year over Robert Woods, although none of us want to see Robert Woods leave. And that's not me saying that I want him gone, anything like that. It's just my own prediction here is that, that it's, I think it's possible that the Rams move Robert Woods. I don't want to see it happen, but I do think it's possible. Next one here is going to come from Joel. Uh, do you think the offensive line can turn it around and fix their issues they had from last game? Do you think that do you think McVay has the balls to, uh, to can Raheem Morris after the season? Two-parter here. Uh, one, I'm going to say yes. I think that this this Rams offensive line is is solid. I still like this Rams offensive line, and I think it's got better depth than than it gets credit for. Uh, but what I can say is that that we've seen we've seen this offensive line play better, and I think that that was when Coleman Shelton was on the field. And I, I think it's 
it's almost a like a bummer to not see a guy that you you know you believe is a starter in this league and you see him on your bench and i i think coleman shelton is very deserving of playing i think he's earned playing and i personally do think that he's better than somebody we have starting right now now, I'm not trying to just call out Brian Allen, but I think that this Rams offensive line plays better when Coleman Shelton's on the field. I hope Brian Allen shuts me up. I hope Brian Allen comes in and has an amazing game. Uh, but him and Corbett last week, both of them were struggling. So I don't want to put it all on on Allen here. Corbett was struggling as well, and I think Shelton could have come in and performed better than Corbett did last week against the 49ers. But I do like Corbett as well. I don't hate Brian Allen. I just I kind of like him as a backup almost. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what it is, man. I just I, I I think he's a good player, but I think that Coleman Shelton's just better. That's it. Uh, do I think that that McVay will can uh, Raheem? I don't think so. Um, and I'll honestly, I, I know that there's a lot of conversation right now about about uh, different guys that we could get as our defensive coordinator, Vic Fangio, Flores, all these guys that are out there. Um, that I, I just it's unfortunate now because now we're in a situation where there's so much good talent out there as far as the coaches go that I don't think anybody would come after Raheem from the Rams. So I don't think it'll be a position that's open. I don't think that we fire him. I I would love that and I will celebrate it if it happens. And that's not a personal attack on Raheem. I just think that we he took the number one defense in the NFL and made us average. And when you have this roster, when you have these players, you have Jalen Ramsey, Jordan Fuller, Aaron Donald, uh, I mean, guys like Justin Holland's Greg Gaines uh, came in and played amazing this season. And you're average. You're giving up everything. Like it just, I, I struggle with that, and I struggle with that from the fan perspective of, of like we were better than this. We are better than this. And when you see just, you know, players getting frustrated at coaches and stuff like that, then that tells you something. When Jalen Ramsey's sitting here getting frustrated at coaches on the sideline, I think that you need to pay attention to that. And do, does McVay get rid of Morris? I hope so. And I, that's nothing against Raheem Morris, man. I'm sure he's a great dude, but I think he's too soft for this division. I think he's too soft for these players. I just don't. I I don't see that fire in in Raheem Morris. You know what I mean? Uh, like you see, you see Sean McVay getting to, getting told by refs to get out of the end zone. <laughs> you don't say like Raheem. Every time you see Raheem Morris, what is he doing? That's it. He's just standing there. Just get excited, man. Can't you get like pumped up or something? Like something, man. Give me some energy, dude. Give me some energy, man. I hate it. It drives me crazy, man. But nothing personal against Raheem Morris, man. I just think that we have better options out there. And I feel like I don't want to feel like we're wasting our talent because this team is very stacked right now, especially on the defense side of the football. We have superstars on the defense side of the football and we're still average. That's a problem, man. That's a problem. Jason from Des Moines, Iowa, I heard Isaac Bruce say that number 55 does not deserve to be on the field based off his performance against the Niners. What's your take on that? I absolutely agree with Isaac Bruce on this one, man. Um, I, I think that the Brian Allen is 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 partially holding us back just a little bit, and I do think that there are better players on the current roster. So what's my take on that? I'm surprised to hear Bruce saying that about a Ram starter. So that's kind of interesting, but... But I do, uh, I, I, I do agree. I do agree. Another one here from Jason. Uh, a well-thrown ball to OBJ in overtime uh, would have been a game-winning touchdown. What happened? Is their timing still off? Did he rush the pass because he had so much pressure all day, or is he, or is it just a miss? The deep ball to OBJ is is broken right now. And we, it, it. I mean, 
it's hard to say it's broken when it was never in place. Uh, we haven't hit it yet. And I, I really hope that they spent some time on that because the, the deep balls to OBJ were severely underthrown. And we, that's something we saw with Deshaun Jackson as well is severe underthrows on the deep balls, man. Um, so I, I don't know what's going on with Stafford as far as that goes. It did look like the throw was a little bit rushed, especially there was like open guys there. And so the ball's thrown, and because you see a, a guy underneath open, I would, I'm thinking somebody's wide open, and we're about to we're about to win this game. And so I stood up, I get excited and stuff like that, and and then you see the pick. I, I think that OBJ, I don't know, it was it was pretty underthrown. I don't want to put it on OBJ, but I, I feel like he could have done more, I guess. Uh, but Matthew Stafford, man, that that it wasn't a good wasn't a good pass, man. And I, it felt like he had more time. I'd have to go back and and rewatch that part, but. Uh, it felt like he had more time to make a better throw uh, than than he did. So that's it sucks to see, man. It sucks to see. Uh, next one here from Cody. Uh, plus to add onto his... What the heck? Uh, let's see here. It's just me or Stafford Deep Paul has been missing uh, when directed to OBJ. Yeah, man, it, that part is not... It's not going well. Uh, Deep Paul's to OBJ are, are not hitting right now. And... You know what? That that would be the story. You know what I mean? Like that would be the such a Rams thing to do is to is to struggle with with Stafford to OBJ on the deep ball, but like that, that's how we win the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? It's like just a beautiful deep ball to OBJ. Yeah, like that just it that seems like such a Rams thing to do. So I don't know. How you feel about the Weddle signing? Uh we covered it uh pretty early in, in the show, so I won't go too deep into it, but I, I'm confused at it. I'm not I'm not really sure what the, the goal is with Eric Weddle being in the LA Ram now. Uh, but he is back. Uh, he he was with us for the 2019 season. This will be his first playoff game as a Los Angeles Rams. So I don't know. It's kind of an interesting signing, man. It, it kind of felt like a leadership move uh, rather than a, an actual football move. Next one here from Cody. Why does Kyle Shanahan have the Rams number? Bad matchups or or more to do with the coaching? Now, I think it's it's matchups, man. Uh, they're a physical football team and the Rams kind of struggle with that. Um, we're, we're more of the flash, the dance around kind of thing. And, and when we get punched in the mouth, it, it, we struggle with it and that's a weakness. You know what I mean? Like every team's got their weaknesses and the, the Rams really struggle when teams can control the clock and we were able to do it initially. I mean, that first drive, the very first drive of that game, it was like, we're going to do this like this. We came out with the right game plan and then threw it away for some reason. So, uh, it's just bad matchup, man. Uh, every, we see it all the time. I mean, I think that we we're a bad matchup for the Bucks. Like so if we can move on and play the Buccaneers, I feel good about that because they got to be looking at us like we just don't match up well with them because they don't. Like and now they've lost some some pieces and like that. So I mean, that's just it's just the way it is. So the way you your team is, the way that your your style is, there's going to be a team that just matches up against you and beats you. And for for us, our team is the 49ers. They, like we struggle with them, but we also do it to other teams. We have those those teams as well. Arizona is one of them. So uh, you gotta kind of take it from a from a few different angles. It happens to us, but we also do it to other people. So there's different factors that go into it. Next one here from Jason again. I understand that the 49ers have held eight of their last nine opponents to 90 yards or less rushing. Um, but why were they able to get such a pass rush on Stafford? Shouldn't we be able to kill them with screens, one-on-ones, and quick passes? Yeah, if we call them, we can do that, and that's the, the problem is what we saw in that game is 
a lot of those routes were deep passes, man. And I don't want to linger on the 49ers game because, hey, it's over, and I don't think we play them again. Uh, it's we're, we're now 0-0. Wipe it, wipe it all clean, because what anything that happened now, we're starting the playoffs, so anything that happened in the regular season is irrelevant now. Uh, moving forward, I mean, we can get, we can revisit certain things and stuff like that, but what we can say is that I, any team can do it now. I mean, make it to the dance. That's all you need to do. We could see it. Uh, we could see an Eagles Steelers Super Bowl. We have no idea. You know what I mean? So it's, it's anybody's game now, and. Uh, in this one, I mean, yeah, we should have been able to, to kill him with those screens. We should have been able to, to eat him up underneath, but we weren't trying. So, I mean, that's you got to try to be able to actually do it. What's your take on three straight running plays when, when we got the ball with two minutes left in regulation when the first town would have won it? Well, it wouldn't have won it because, well, let's see what you're talking about here. In regulation, I'm thinking of the first half here, man. I'm sorry I misunderstood your question there for a second. Because um, in the first half, I, I disagreed with with running it at all. Um, but to, to to just wrap up, we, we basically just accepted ha- uh, overtime. And at that point, I, I think that that was an okay move. Uh, you're playing against a team who has kind of had your number in recent years. And I, I think that the coaches thought that it was best to go into overtime to try to win the game. And it just didn't work out. So... I mean, it happens, man. I mean, you can't win every game. You know how boring it would be if the Rams won every single game every single week? That would suck. I'll get, like, it would start to get boring. It'd be like, yeah, well, the Rams did it again. They just massed effort through for 567 yards and seven touchdowns. Like, eventually that'd get kind of boring. You need that adversity, man. And and I think that entering the playoffs with that little taste of adversity, that one last little lesson of you can beat this team, but you need to do it all four quarters. I think that, that was the perfect lesson for the final week of the season. And carrying that into the playoffs, I think will hopefully benefit this team. If our coaches are as smart as we think that they are, which I do believe that they are as smart as we think that they are, then I think that this team should be able to compete in the in the postseason and 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 do okay. Let's see here. Um this one comes from Isaac. Do we want the Cowboys to beat the Niners and potentially play Green Bay and try to knock them out? Or the 49ers win so we can play Tampa Bay? I think that, I'll say it again, I think that what we saw in the game in Week 18 is that the Rams have the ability to not only play with the 49ers, but also dominate the 49ers. I think we saw that. We saw evidence of it, but we need to do it consistently. We need to just keep it going. So what I, I I would say that I'm not necessarily afraid to play the 49ers again. I almost want to play the 49ers again. Like, if that could happen, I would I would like it um, because I, I want to be able to, to show... Uh, which we've seen, we just didn't put it all together. We just didn't close it out uh, to to show that we can't beat this team. I mean, they're not invincible. They like we we went up on them seventeen nothing and then got soft. You know what I mean? So like, there's different factors that go into it. But no, I don't think that we want to see anything specific happen. Uh, let's just let the cards fall how they fall, man. I, I'm not rooting for the cards, or, or we're definitely not rooting for the cards. But uh, I'm not rooting for the Cowboys or the 49ers to win that game. I don't care. I, I think that the 49ers win that game. I picked them to win that game. And then I think that they would go to Green Bay and then get booted out. But I don't know. I'm not. It's whoever's in front of us, man. We got to beat them. And I don't want I'm not trying to avoid anybody. If I'm the Rams, I'm not trying to avoid anybody. I want to play the best teams in the NFL. I want to beat them. You know what I mean? Like bring them on. Because if we can't beat the best teams, then why would we win a Super Bowl? You know what I mean? Like, why would we accept like we don't want the easiest path to the Super Bowl. Like, it's boring. You know what I mean? Like, we want to be able to have these good games and to show everybody that we are one of those teams, too. 
that you don't want to play us kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, we got to be able to, to make that statement. Next couple here come from Jeff. Uh, how confident are you heading into Monday's game? I feel pretty good, man. I feel pretty good. Um, this this Cardinals team is like w- nine of the last ten, and they got us in week four, and I just don't think the Rams were ready for it. And it kind of felt like their Super Bowl a little bit. Like, they came into that game like, Cardinals were like, we are not losing this game. You know what I mean? And the Rams just kind of were, were at mercy to that a little bit in that first one. So I think that this Rams team is a better football team than the Arizona Cardinals, and I think that we'll prove that in the playoffs. Next one here. Would you like to play the 49ers again in the playoffs? I'll play anybody, man. As long as we're playing in the playoffs, I don't care who the heck we have to play. Let's just keep it moving. Just keep them, keep them coming. Keep them moving. Let's let's play some football, man. Let's. I don't care who it is. I, I don't care. We want to play Bama, uh, Georgia. I don't care. <laughs> I didn't even watch that game, so I don't. I think Georgia won. <laughs> I feel pretty confident Georgia won, but I don't actually know. Uh, let's see here. Next one here from Jeff. Uh, the 2022 schedule posted recently, not the schedule, just the opponents. Uh, are there any matchups you're excited to see? Which games are you planning on going to it, going to attend? So, yeah, schedule not out. Uh, that comes in April, but uh, opponents, yes, we do have. Uh, most excited to see. I want to see that Bills game. That's going to be one heck of a football game. We get the uh, Packers again. That's going to be a good one. We go to Tampa Bay. That's going to be a heck of a game. Uh, Chargers will be fun. Broncos will be fun. Okay, so I'll say the ones that I'm planning on going to. Right now, the, the ballpark of what I'm trying to go to to Arizona, to New Orleans, to Tampa Bay, to Green Bay, and then to LA, I guess, is uh, at the Chargers game. So five road games is what I'm looking at. And I'm also looking at the Broncos game, the Bills game for home games, and then I would like to get out to uh, in NFC West versus NFC West at SoFi. So maybe either Seattle or San Francisco that I would like to get out for that one. And I also want to be part of the the, the Rams fan base against the 49ers. I mean, they blow it out there, so I would like to to play my part a little bit. And it is what it is as far as the the um the like the crowd goes. I mean, obviously the Rams just just moving back to Los Angeles. A lot of people felt like really shunned by the Rams moving out of LA, so they went and picked other teams and they weren't just going to be accepted back in. Like they weren't just going to come in and then like all these people who changed to Niners fans weren't just going to be like, you know what? Well, the Rams are back, man. Go, go Rams. Like that wasn't going to happen. So it's, it is what it is. And it's going to take a few years to get that back. It's going to take a few years until like generations of people growing up, going to Rams games on the weekends and stuff like that, that they are now just Rams fans. And, and that's, what's going to build the fan base back up. It's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen just because we're good at football right now. It's going to take years to get that back. And also LA has a lot of different fans from a lot of different places and when those teams are there, they want to go see their teams. So it's going to take a while to get that back to being the the Rams fan base back in Los Angeles. But I ain't really worried about it, man. It's going to take a few years. Whatever. It happens. Let's see here. Let's start with, uh, we'll kind of bounce around here on the YouTube uh, quesos. This one comes from Rams House. What is Andrew Whitler's favorite beverage? And what is his favorite restaurant? Favorite beverage? Dude, that's tough. I, th- I feel like he's just like a, I feel like he just likes a good old, like, protein shake man like he just i feel like that's just like his breakfast or something like that he like well i mean he's a big dude he probably does a lot more for breakfast than that <laughs> uh, as far as a favorite restaurant though man with all his kids and stuff like that i he's such a family guy i red robin man he likes the the like the the the, the theatrics of red robin they're all like kind of like goofy there you know what i mean Maybe, am I remembering Red Robin wrong? I don't know. There you go. Protein shakes and Red Robin. Band name. <laughs> uh, Philip, uh, 
Would you want to face the 49ers in the playoffs, given our current record against them? Yes, bring them on, man. Bring them on. I think we showed in that game that we can play them. Well, I've answered that question three times now. So. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, bring them on, man. We went up 17 nothing on them, and then in the fourth quarter, we had to turn it on again and did. And we're dominating, man. So we showed that we can dominate them. We just didn't do it consistently. And I think that we've played them again. We would play four quarters, and we would just, I think we would just go after them. I don't think that there would be any letting up at all if we were to play them for a third time, especially in the playoffs. I think that we would just go after them and we would eat, man. I think that we would. Next one here is from Payo Time. If you had to give a title to the book on Cooper Cup's season, what would you call it? Oh, King Cup, dude. King Cup, for sure. That's, um, I mean, he had obviously one heck of a season. I hope that this one does actually get talked about and, and we get some stories. Maybe, maybe I'll try to make like a... Uh, uh, like a like an RS production of it or something like that. I haven't done one of those in quite a while. Schedules are terrible, but I I have one in my head that I have mostly written out, but I have, like, I've actually had some script on it and stuff like that. Like, it's almost done, but I've got no footage on it. And I can't even give it up because, well, because there's other Rams people out there that like to steal my stuff, unfortunately. And that's, it's a bummer, but I mean, it, it's not you, Rams House, and it's also not you, Payo. But there are people that hear some of my ideas and they're like, actually, I have to get up. <laughs> so I'll just do it myself. I'll wait. Next one here from Rams House. If the Rams called you today to play on Monday Night Football, what position would you play? <laughs> oh, man. I try to think of like where we need somebody, but I feel like this team's decent right now. I'll just play. I'll take Bryce Perkins' job. Third string, who's not suited. <laughs> I'm also sick still. Still got the vid, man. Still 19'd up over here. Let's see. Uh, Peo, what is your comfort level with Ramsey, Reader, and Howard potentially signal calling with D on D with Fuller out? I hope it's Reader. I hope it's Reader, man. The way that he played in week 18, I think that he played amazing football in that game, and, and I would like to see him continue uh, to develop into that leadership role. And you never know who's going to be that guy. No, we're, we're starting the playoffs now. So like I said, everything's 0-0. Zero, zero. You wipe away the regular season right now. We are not even, that's irrelevant. Cut it off and talk like we're talking about the playoffs now. You know what I mean? And anything can happen. And any of these guys could have that mindset. It could be Troy Reader sitting at home right now going like, I got this. Like, oh man, like this is, this is my time. You know what I mean? Like, and, and that very well could be a thing that's happening right now uh, behind closed doors that we don't see. So I feel good about it, man. I, and also with the, the emergence of Weddle coming in, uh, I, I, I think our leadership is okay right now on defense. Next one here from Peo. What can the Rams do at an organizational level to fill out the stadium with Rams fans in big games? Just wait, man. I kind of discussed this, I guess. Um, it's going to take a couple years. Uh, maybe some generations. Maybe uh, that'll probably be like a good 20 years before we're like, damn, this Rams fan base is sick, dude. Like, it'll probably be a while, man. Because like I said, you need, you need young kids growing up, going to games, seeing stuff around town and getting excited about it. And then that's what is going to build your fan base up. It doesn't just happen overnight. It's not just showing up in LA and then everybody's back on the Rams bandwagon. You know what I mean? It just doesn't happen like that. So, uh, we can be as good as we want to be, but until, until we can solidify ourselves longer in, in LA, like I said, six years ago today was when we got approved to move to Los Angeles again. So, it's it's very still new. I mean, we're we're first graders as far as L.A. the 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 second generation of L.A. Rams goes. You know, we're only <laughs> we're very young still, first graders. <laughs> yeah, but it's just gonna take a bit. 
Uh, next one here from Rams House. I know that the Rams have the best color scheme in the NFL, but if you had to pick a different one for us, what would it be? I love the blue and white, actually. The blue and white color scheme I was a big fan of. I thought that that was a really awesome, classy look uh, like this helmet here. I, I changed my helmet, by the way, because I, I have my, my other helmet on my, my work desk. Uh, so that's why this one got switched, but I liked this. I liked the blue and white. I thought it looked really classy and really good, but I know a lot of people were like, oh, it's cool. It's whatever, but I liked it. Next one here from Rance House. Will Stafford and OBJ get, uh, get to a comfortable level of chemistry in the playoffs? Although we have seen, uh, we have hit on OBJ on a lot of plays. Stafford has also missed him on a number of plays as well. Thoughts? Yeah, I, obviously what we're looking at right now with OBJ is he's still brand new to the Rams. And I know a lot of people like have zero patience as far as the Rams fan base goes. I get it. Um, like you, we see, like, I know people are going to be mad if Eric Weddle doesn't have like four interceptions this weekend. They're like, why do we even sign him? You know, you know what I mean? Like, it's just the way it is. Um, so uh, the patience is, is needed, especially still in this OBJ situation. And I think that he's here long term. So. I think that we'll get it and and give him an offseason to actually participate in training camp and stuff like that. And I think that we're going to see a very different OBJ next season uh, rather than what we saw from him this year, which is also not very bad. I mean, he scored five touchdowns already for the Rams. Uh, he had seven as a Brown. Uh, so, I mean, if you just take a look at the sample size of games played and snaps played in, in that situation and only two less touchdowns in his time with, than his time with the Browns, I think that we're looking at a pretty good situation for OBJ and I, I think that it's going better than people have it in their heads. And I think that that's really just because of what we are comparing him to, which is Cooper Cup, which is not fair. It's not fair to compare what OBJ's production level has been to uh, to Cooper Cup because Cooper Cup's season was unbelievable. And will it be matched? Probably not. I don't think he'll do it again. It's very possible he'll do it again. He's got the talent to do it again. But at what point does the NFL defense say, you're not doing this to us? You know what I mean? Like the Arizona Cardinals are one of them. The, his, Cooper Cup's worst statistical game came against the Arizona Cardinals this season, week four. So will that happen again? I don't know. But Or will that happen next season with more teams? I don't know. But I think OBJ just needs some patience, man. Um, I think he's doing fine. I, I love that uh, we get OBJ and then Antonio Brown's the one losing his mind out in, in Tampa Bay. So uh, there's different factors, man. But I, I think that that... that, that they will get more comfortable with each other as time goes on. And last one here is going to come from Reverend Robert Harris. Thank you so much for being here, Reverend. Uh, I'm tired of hearing about interceptions. Matthew Stafford has only given up, has only thrown, excuse me, 161 in his career. Peyton Manning, 251. Eli, 244. Ben, 211. Fouts, 242. Uh, Favre, 336. Moon, 233. Breeze, 243. Uh, Brady, 203. And he's 29th uh, on... NFL interceptions list. Stafford is 53rd. And of course, Brett Favre is number one. Uh, can you troll the NFL network about these numbers? Yeah, man. I, when you look at, at the, 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 the season that Matthew Stafford had, I think the interceptions are really sticking out to people. And I'm not 100% sure why, because we've only seen one game ending throw from Matthew Stafford. And that came in week 18 against the, the 49ers in overtime. But when you look at his his numbers, like you said it here, he is 53rd in, in NFL history for most interceptions thrown in a career. He's 14th in touchdown passes. That is a dramatic difference. So I think that, that Stafford gets a lot of heat because he's 0-3 in the playoffs, but let's also not pretend like he's played any playoff games outside of Detroit. This is going to be his first playoff game, not as a Lion. So let's. how about we let him play before we just say he's a failure and he can't play in the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like, we entered the playoffs. We played week 18, and everybody's like, well, we can't do it anymore, though, because Stafford's 0-3 in the playoffs. Well, can we give him a chance to play under 
our playoffs? I mean, like, play for Sean McVay in the playoffs? Can we just let that happen, please? Can we just give him that opportunity? He's played one season as a Ram. And what we talk about, he is already 14th uh, most in Rams history in passing yards. He's already 12th most in passing touchdowns. He's almost a top 10 Rams quarterback. He's played one season here. He's already has Rams records, most passing yards in a single season. He's tied for most passing touchdowns in a single season in Rams history. And everybody's still throwing him under the bus like he's terrible. I don't understand it. And yeah, he threw some interceptions. He had a couple, he had some very bad pick sixes and he's had some throws where you're like, what the heck are you looking at out here? But overall, man, I think that it's safe to say that Matthew Stafford is one of the better quarterbacks that this Rams franchise has ever seen. And we've only even had it for one season. I do think he retires a Ram. I think he's here long term. And I think that everybody is just a little bit too picky. Everybody wants perfection. And when we don't have it, people freak out and it's it's becoming a problem. We got real spoiled real fast as Rams fans. We came from a terrible string of quarterbacks with a terrible string of coaches. And now we have Stafford with McVay, who in their first season were able to put 12 wins together, breaking records. Cooper Cup had one of the better seasons in in NFL history. Uh, Our defense definitely took a dip, but did what they needed to do. And we still have fans that are like, not good enough. 12 and 5, pathetic. Might as well well not even make the playoffs. I saw Rams fans that were like, I I wish we could just let the Arizona Cardinals win the division because we don't deserve it. We don't deserve it. We won 12 games this year. We swept the Seahawks. We beat Arizona in in Arizona. Played some damn good games this season. And everybody still is going to find something to complain about. So, hey, you can't can't beat it. I mean, whatever. I mean, people are going to hate everything. So... Thank you guys so much for your fan cases. I do genuinely appreciate you guys. We went way over my uh, normal a lot of time here, so I do appreciate you guys hanging out with me. Um, I am burning up. My fever is still kicking, and these lights are absolutely kicking my butts. All right, so I do appreciate everybody being here, hanging out with me uh, today. Uh, genuinely, guys, thank you so much. I do appreciate you guys. But make sure you guys follow the Ram Showcase on all your favorite social media. That's at Ram Showcase on Instagram and Twitter, Facebook.com slash Ram Showcase. Follow myself as well at Sheriff Joe Bags on Instagram and Twitter, Facebook.com slash Sheriff Joe Bags. Thank you guys so much for being here. Genuinely appreciate you guys. We've got a big old playoff game this weekend against the Arizona Cardinals at SoFi Stadium. That game will be played on Monday night football for Super Wild Card Weekend. That is going to do it for me. I am Sheriff Joe Bags. This has been Ram Showcase on Sports World Radio and the Fan Side of Network. For those of you who aren't Rams fans, our thoughts and prayers are with you. For those of you who are Rams fans, thank you guys so much for listening, and you guys have a great night.